When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Kennedy Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Allison, and today feels super weird because along with recording the normal way, I also have a camera in my face to record for YouTube. So remember, the podcast will be there now as well, and check it out on my channel, Kennedy Dynasty Podcast, which I'll put in the show notes. Also, the podcast is charting in the U.S., Great Britain, Canada, Australia, and Spain, and that is so exciting. So thank you so much to everyone all over the world listening. I appreciate your support so very much. Let's get started with the In the News segment. Big news story of the past seven days. I've got two things to share from the news today. First being that according to Irish Central, Vicki Kennedy, which is Ted's wife, is said to be seeking a diplomatic post and they're wondering if it could be in Ireland since she is a beloved figure in the Irish American community in Boston. The article says, in a Sunday New York Times article, Kennedy was mentioned as one of the small group of key individuals who may well be offered ambassador appointments. Also included was former Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel and another Irish-American, former Missouri Senator Claire McCaskill. So I'll be interested to see how all of that plays out and what happens there. Another news story from the Palm Beach Post says that President John F. Kennedy's Cold War era bunker and a former Coast Guard station on Peanut Island is to be taken over by Palm Beach County with the city's help. Palm Beach County plans to maintain the site as a historical, educational, and environmental resource. All right, that's all there. Now let's get to the question segment. Therefore, in answer to your question. The question is, what would be an incredible Kennedy-related experience for you? My answer for this would be a very obvious Kennedy fan answer, which is to tour the Hyannisport compound. We're all curious. We all want to see it, and I very much want to go there. My other top thing would be to somehow be invited to do some kind of forum or like some event or something like that at the Kennedy Library. So those would be my top two huge bucket list items, dreams come true if they ever did. And last, but certainly not least of the segments, the inspiring speech clip of the week. One of the inspiring notes. Today's is Eunice Kennedy Shriver at the Women's Conference Minerva Awards in 2007. Thank you, thank you for this joyful award. And I, and I admit to you, it all comes for women. So thank you very, very much. Most people feel that I have spent my whole life really interested in only one thing. And that one thing is working to make the world a better place for people with intellectual disabilities. That has been a part of my life. But my life is also about being lucky as a child, to be raised by parents who loved me and made me believe in possibilities. It is also about being lucky to have had an extraordinary loving and loyal brothers and sisters and who have also been my friends during my lifetime. And it is also about being especially lucky to have an extraordinary husband, extraordinary children, to see them do many extraordinary wives and a husband to play games with 16 extraordinary children. All of these are part of my life too. 
But in a strange way, perhaps, my life also includes being lucky in the university I encountered. I'm lucky because I experienced the sting of rejection as a woman who was told to me that the real power was not for me. I am lucky that I saw my mother and my sister Rosemary treated with the most unbearable rejection. You might say, why are you lucky to have had such difficult experiences? And the answer is simple. Injustice gives you the confidence to make your own decision and not only to listen to men. It is really that simple. Now let's get to the episode. Today is a super fun, lighthearted one. My husband actually gave me the idea for it a few days ago, and I was super excited to dive into it and learn it myself. So we're going to be talking about the massive amounts of pets the Kennedys had at the White House, along with some honorable mentions from Bobby's Menagerie at Hickory Hill. At first, I was initially like, okay, I'm going to mention every single pet they all ever had, and that was an absolutely ridiculous and borderline impossible undertaking considering the Kennedys were huge animal lovers. So I settled for the White House and Hickory Hill. I encourage you to go research this topic for yourself and see pictures and stories as well, because honestly, I'll probably miss a couple, but I'm going to do my best anyway. Today's sources are PBS, Daily Mail, the JFK Library, BBC, the Smithsonian, and Presidential Pet Museum. So here we go. Let's start with the Kennedy's White House. The library provided an awesome list with all of them, and I'm actually going to post the list in the show notes so that you can click through and see a bunch of photos. So Jackie had two horses named Rufus and Sardar. Sardar was actually a gift from the president of Pakistan in 1962, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but we're going to go with it anyway. Then, between Caroline and John Jr., the amount of pets was kind of crazy. They had three ponies, Leprechaun, which was a gift from the people of Ireland, then Tex and Macaroni, which were both gifts to Caroline from Vice President Johnson. Tex was brown with one black shoe, and Macaroni, who has become one of the most famous White House pets ever, was Roan with four white stockings and star. I have zero clue what that means, but if you're a horse person, I bet you do, so... That's what that was. Random side note, I actually have a Christmas ornament of macaroni, and it's one of my favorites. Anyway, I've mentioned before, but I'll mention here again, Neil Diamond says that a photo of Caroline and macaroni on the cover of Life magazine is what inspired the song Sweet Caroline, and he ended up telling her that when he performed the song for her 50th birthday party. Another side note, has anyone ever actually been to a single wedding where Sweet Caroline hasn't played at the reception? Is that just like a Southern thing or no? Because I've truly lost count of the amount of weddings I've been to where a bunch of drunk people fist bump into the air and slosh their wine around to so good, so good. Anyway, back to the list. Now let's talk man's best friend, dogs. They had a Welsh Terrier from Joe Sr. named Charlie, a German Shepherd named Clipper, an Irish wolfhound named Wolf, who was gifted from Father Thomas Kennedy in Ireland in 1963, John Jr.'s best buddy, a Cocker Spaniel named Shannon, who was from the Barry family in Ireland, and my personal favorite, Pushinka. The story of Pushinka kind of cracked me up a little bit. Caroline told BBC, My mother told a funny story. She was sitting next to Khrushchev at a state dinner in Vienna. She ran out of things to talk about, so she asked about the dog, Strelka, that the Russians had shot into space. During the conversation, my mother asked about Strelka's puppies, and a few months later, a puppy arrived, and my father had no idea where the dog came from and couldn't believe my mother had done that. So that's how the cute and fluffy pup made it into the White House. And Pushinka actually means fluffy in Russian. Pushinka was listed as a non-breed on her registration, so basically a mutt, and President Kennedy sent a letter to Khrushchev thanking him for the gift, saying, 
Ms. Kennedy and I were particularly pleased to receive Pushinka. Her flight from the Soviet Union to the United States was not nearly as dramatic as the flight of her mother. Nevertheless, it was a long voyage and she stood it well. We both appreciate your remembering these matters in your busy life. Here's a clip of JFK Jr. talking about her with Larry King in September of 1995. Because what's your earliest memory? Mine, I guess, is four years old or something, five. What's your really early, where you can crystallize a memory? We had a, uh, we had a dog who was named Pushinka who was given to my father by uh, the premier of Russia, was it, uh, Soviet Union at that time, and it was the daughter I don't think it. I don't think it. I mean, it, Khrushchev was a time, but I don't think it was actually from Khrushchev. Right. I think it was head of the parliament, and it was the daughter of the first dog in space, and uh, and it, it it we trained it to slide down this slide that we had in the back of, of the uh, White House, and and that's. Sliding the dog down the slide is probably my favorite. Pushinka added some fun to the White House by having puppies with the Kennedy's other dog named Charlie, and they named the puppies Butterfly, White Tips, Blackie, and Streaker. Along with all the pups, they had a cat named Tom Kitten, a canary named Robin, which that's kind of funny, parakeets named Bluebell and Maybell, hamsters named Debbie and Billy, and a rabbit named Zaza. Wow. I feel a bit overwhelmed with my one dachshund, so I can't imagine this many. Let's move on to some of Bobby's animals at Hickory Hill. I can't possibly give as detailed and orderly a list as I did with President Kennedy's because quite honestly, I don't know if Bobby, Ethel, and their own kids knew how many pets they had at a time. So there's no list there. <laughs> there were so many. Kathleen Kennedy Townsend said there were plenty of horses, many dogs, chickens, geese, goats. It was a menagerie. My brother Bobby collected reptiles and actually the turtle was in the laundry room. The sea lion was in the swimming pool. It's wild. The sea lion was a gift from Bobby to his kids, and its name was Sandy, but it didn't last long at the Kennedy home before being donated to the National Zoo, and very understandably so. Catch the story of Sandy in the Ethel documentary on HBO Max that I talked to you guys recently about rewatching. I have to mention Freckles, of course. If you're a Kennedy fan, you've probably seen many pictures of Bobby with his beloved Springer Spaniel named Freckles, who went absolutely everywhere with him, even the campaign trail. There's this heartbreaking photo of Freckles at Bobby's grave. It's one of those that if like, you look long enough, you'll tear up. So they were truly the best of pals. That's all for today. I hope you learned something new. Remember to check out my recommendations, Patreon, merch, and YouTube links all in the show notes. Write a five-star review, please, on Apple Podcasts if you like the show. Share the podcast with your history-loving friends and family, and I'll talk to you soon. Come on and vote for Kennedy. Vote for Kennedy. Keep America strong. Kennedy. Hey, podcast listeners, I'm Paul Brandis introducing my podcast, Countdown to Dallas. It's a fascinating, in-depth look at the seemingly unconnected events that led to the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. It's based on my book of the same title. In that book and in this podcast, I go all the way back to 1939, when Lee Harvey Oswald was born into a troubled and dysfunctional family. I'll follow his transient and often violent teenage years and young adulthood, painting a fuller picture of the man who would later become Kennedy's killer. I also take a look at events unfolding in that era, like Cuba and Vietnam, 
and I'll unpack the conspiracy theories too, not one of which has ever been conclusively proven. Subscribe to Countdown to Dallas at evergreenpodcasts.com or your favorite listening app, October 31st.